You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, and I am joined, as always, by the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Today's episode is brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at the checkout. So today's episode is going to be a continuation of my conversation with Frank yesterday where we discussed the Eric Bledsoe injury and also what I would call general dominance from Giannis of the preseason. But now we're going to move into some of the rotation players in what is said to be one of the deepest teams across the NBA, we believe, anyway. So we're going to start today with a discussion on a guy and I'll put a little twist on a question that I think most of our listeners will be pretty familiar with. There's been some some other guys for the Bucks that I think is interesting, and I don't know if this is the direction you thought I was going to take this. I know I messaged you the other night. I messaged you and Eric actually about this, and I was reading some tweets about the podcast and people's favorite bits uh, with you and Eric over the past few years, and a lot of people like the is Don Maker an NBA player? And I texted you the other night about Dragon Bender, and I said. <laughs> Is this guy, when you think about what the Bucks did, they traded Thonmaker, obviously, uh, and, you know, again, you could argue whether they were actually going to trade him or not. What happened, happened. He went out. Miritich came in. Now we are in the preseason. You have Dragon Bender, another seven-footer. Probably shoots the ball a little bit better than Thon. I think we can safely say he has better hands. Looks like he can make a smart pass. But he's really done nothing in his NBA career, and a lot of people have written him off. A big question mark, is Dragon Bender an NBA player? <laughs> um, I think he's a he's he's an NBA player. Uh, is he an NBA player who actually is going to like you know play consistently or be like a rotation player? I probably not at this point. Um, probably not. Certainly on the Bucks. Um, are there teams where he could be a rotation player and maybe be passable? Like. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's been interesting watching him because I I sort of envisioned him being, you know, uh, first off, like more perimeter oriented, right? Like that my my kind of idea of what I of what I knew of him from, you know, both thinking back to when he was being scouted coming into that uh, 2016 draft when again, he was only 18, right? Hadn't played a lot. He was playing for, I believe, was it Maccabee Tel Aviv or Maccabee Haifa, one of the Israeli league, big Israeli league teams. So he didn't play like tons and tons, but, um, you know, played at a, at a, in a man's league. Um, and then obviously the couple years out in the desert, uh, both literally and, and sort of figuratively with the Suns, um, 
I sort of thought of him as like, okay, he's got like some perimeter skills. Um, he, I thought I remember him being pretty mobile. Um, I remember he like defended Giannis, blocked a Giannis shot last year in, in one of the games in Phoenix, which whatever, like I'm literally talking about a single play. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's been kind of interesting because like, he's a really big dude. He's kind of been, he's played like some minutes where he's like, I think normally the four. Um, but I mean, the guy's like seven, one in shoes. He is a large human being. Um, he doesn't look like he moves. I mean, he moves well for a seven, one guy, but I wouldn't say like, he's like, Oh, I mean, well, he's definitely not like a thon maker type, like, you know, mover, right? Like he's not going to sprint up and down the court with great speed. He's not going to be like a super switchable guy, which again, the bucks don't play that kind of system anyway. Um, but I think like defensively, I've been kind of like, okay, like he's, blocked some shots he also fouled out in the chicago game so he just fouled a ton and you know i don't think he you know let, let me say this i i am not expecting him uh, to give you know brooke lopez or even robin lopez a run for uh best defensive center on the bucks um so i think you know again is, is he going to differentiate himself there even the way thon at times did um being kind of just like super disruptive like i don't see any of that from him at this point um but can he be like decent passable like uh, sure that's i think that's in his potential wheelhouse um but yeah i mean i think offensively is, is certainly the more interesting part of his game and i think he's been very confident shooting the ball and so i think you know yeah if you're seven one and you're willing to shoot threes and you can actually make some um that's great and he's looked very good in that regard uh here in the preseason his let's say his nba track record there is is much dicier <laughs> the last couple of years um but you know certainly thon maker was kind of similar right like it, it's sort of like he was good enough to be dangerous right like you kind of saw him you're like oh yeah he, he can shoot threes but then you always looked at his numbers and it was like eh, he's not really that good of a three-point shooter so um hopefully dragon kind of you know maybe it's just maturation wise i mean he's you know uh, not even 22 yet and he's a 7-1 guy so yeah, I mean, you know, it can take a while before you kind of find your your comfort level from the three point line. So I think you know, eventually, probably could be if he if he played enough, um, a pretty passable three point shooter, you know, pretty solid. Um, and then I think probably the two things maybe I didn't expect as much. He actually has like pretty like pretty good soft like touch around the around the rim, like not necessarily like playing with a lot of power, but just because he's so big, like he just kind of is like when he's around the basket, like he you know, can catch a basketball and lay it in and, you know, put it over the top of somebody and seems to have pretty good touch. And then probably the thing that I knew the least about, which has been interesting was um, he's made like at least a couple of good passes. I feel like in every game, um, yeah. whether it's kind of finding a cutter from the high post or like, I think like the first, like his first touch of the scrimmage, he like whipped the ball inside from a really nice pass. So, um, so I think the passing has been encouraging from him. He clearly is, is pretty comfortable with the ball, but again, like on this Bucks roster where you already have Brooke, you know, you have Robin Lopez, who obviously is like a known commodity. I don't think necessarily a, you know, known commodity that I think is super exciting defense, you know, defensively or offensively. Um, but, you know, just trying to crack that rotation when you also have, you know, the likes of Giannis, uh, Ersan, DJ, who can also like split time in like a dual big lineup and be nominal centers. I don't know. I don't know how easily Dragon is ever going to get minutes with the Bucks, um, but you know, I think I think when I, Eric and I talked in the preseason or when he was signed, I said that he had to be like a thirty-five percent chance of actually finishing the season in Milwaukee, just because he's got the least amount of money guaranteed. 
if they try to make some sort of move and obviously you know he's easy to kind of throw into a trade to to kind of you know uh, make a deal so um i don't know if i'm i'm maybe am a little more optimistic that he might actually stick for the the remainder of the season um but am i expecting him to you know make an impact no um but i also don't want to be too cynical right i mean if a guy plays well in the preseason i think he's played pretty well right i mean he's made shots he's done stuff um maybe not as much stuff as i'd like but especially defensively but um you know i'd say certainly an encouraging preseason for him and that's important because we we don't know how much opportunity he's going to get otherwise in the regular season Yeah, I think you know we we both sort of spoke about what you actually can take away from preseason basketball, but I, I think if you're going to look at anything that is actually interesting, it's a guy like Bender that we don't really know a lot about. He's sort of uh, you know struggled to get minutes a lot of the time in, in a Phoenix franchise that really is a bit of a mess. And I, I'm always interested to see guys like that. Clearly, uh, a really high draft pick, and if you can put someone like that in a system um, where the development is good. He's around really good players and and guys that sort of have a similar skill set. And the bigs in Milwaukee shoot threes. They, that's the way they want to play. So from a skill set point of view, you can see how uh, this could be a good opportunity for him. And and obviously, if if Bender for him to even get into the rotation, you would have to say something's gone wrong. And uh, so from that point of view, uh, you don't expect him to play a lot, but. Uh, maybe even just for him, this is this might be a good opportunity for him to to sort of kickstart his NBA career. That really in Phoenix looked like uh, it was not heading in a good direction for him. But uh, he's he's been interesting, and and uh, I think the Bucks have there's so much talk about their depth and uh, that they've got not I wouldn't say they've got an elite collection of young players. I think well, that's fair to say, but they've got a lot of interesting guys that are sort of in their second, third, fourth year uh, that. You could probably see we'll be fighting for rotation spots. And DiVincenzo, we sort of already touched on. Sterling Brown is another one that's in an interesting position for mine because, uh, you know, you think the last year, this is a guy that was starting playoff games. And when you look at the the spots in the Bucks roster, with everyone healthy and with everyone playing, uh, Sterling Brown's in a sort of interesting position. It's like, where is the role for him? What kind of minutes is he actually going to see? This is a guy that we've seen in some games last year and uh, where the Bucks have given him sort of that lead role. And it was in games that didn't mean a lot, obviously, that the Atlanta game is the one that comes to mind. I think he had 26, 27 points. He really was the lead ball handler down the stretch. But Sterling Brown is a guy that's proved himself, shot the three from the corner, obviously, really well last year. Uh, and tonight down the stretch against Washington. the It was a close game, and the Bucks went with their bench players, and DiVincenzo and Sterling Brown were doing a lot of the ball handling. They both made a couple of baskets late to, to sort of give the Bucks the win. Uh, I mean, it's I just don't know. I think Sterling Brown is a really solid rotation piece. It, it, he's just interesting to me to see where he fits in this lineup and, and how he's going to be able to get minutes. And perhaps if Bledsoe misses a few games, that is a benefit for him and he comes in, sort of slides up that one spot. But at the moment, it does seem like DiVincenzo might be a step ahead of him with Bud. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, it's 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 hard. There's just so many guys, right? I mean, you know, Dante yeah. obviously is getting a lot of run in the preseason. Um, he's taking lots of threes. He is continuing to miss a lot of threes, uh, unfortunately. But 
Um, I think the <laughs> most important thing with Dante has just been like his general like movement and like physically, he just looks really good. He looks like he w- did last year. Um, he looks bouncy. We've seen some nice finishes. Um, you know, tonight, what did he have? Like, did he have like 13 points, but he took 17 shots. And <laughs> I think he was one out of seven from three, but five out of yeah. 10 on twos. Um, I mean, I really liked his aggressiveness. Um, and just, I think again, he just, you know, and again, this is like, it's hard to put it into numbers. It just feels like a guy who good things tend to happen when he's on the court. And I kind of hate relying on, you know, I, I obviously love being able to kind of tie that back to some type of, you know, metrics that sort of support that kind of eye test thing. But, um, but I, I don't know, I, there is something about him um, that I think is interesting. And he does have, you know, some of that kind of, you know, secondary playmaking ability that definitely not fully formed at this point. <laughs> um, but I think for, for both Sterling and Dante, it's important. I mean, I think, I think Dante, we've seen a lot more of like a, like, Oh, he's kind of the nominal point guard type role. Um, Sterling, we haven't seen that. We did see, as you mentioned, we saw him kind of actually running some pick and rolls occasionally late last season, actually showing a little bit of ability there. Um, uh, making some left-handed layups. What was 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 it that Bud was asked about whether he was working on his left hand, and Bud like was like, oh, I didn't even notice, but I, I think that was a legitimate question. Um, <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I mean, I've been really happy to see Sterling playing pretty well here in the preseason. Um, also on tonight's broadcast, uh, the uh, I forget his name, but the new uh, the new Wizards announcer. Uh, Sterling like missed like he basically was uh, I figured it was pick and roll or something but um, he missed like a you know 15 foot jumper or something like that and they had like kind of way sagged off to like defend the roll man and the guy was like oh well you know uh, you know this goes that he's wide open and then the guy was like when he missed he said oh well and that's why and I was just like dude are you are you shit talking Sterling Brown shooting ability? Come on now. So I was, I was very happy when Sterling then just like started giving them some buckets, including some threes. Cause I was like, okay, you know what? Sterling Brown's, uh, you know, manhood as a shooter has been impugned by, you know, Johnny come lately wizards announcer, uh, RIP Steve Buckhans. Um, so, so yeah, Sterling's got to give it to him a little bit. So yeah, but it was, it was nice to see Sterling doing that. Um, it was, it's been, I think just generally, I think he's generally had like, you know, again, we, we don't see the practices, but it feels like he's had a, a pretty positive preseason and he's absolutely at, you know, like an inflection point in his career. You know, it's his third year. He's going to be heading restricted free agency next summer. And he's totally a guy who could, you know, be on the fringes of the rotation for long stretches, um, picking up DNPs or, you know, if you told me that by the end of the season, Sterling Brown takes the starting shooting guard spot, that wouldn't shock me either. Right. Um, he's, I don't know. Like if you ask me like, who are the guys who could have like the biggest swings in terms of like role, probably I'd, I'd pick some of these, like the wing guys um, just because I really don't know. Like, I think there are just so many of those, like, the, the, you know, nobody is like clearly way better than the other guys. Um, they kind of do something similar, some things differently. Uh, and you know, when you throw in Brown, DiVincenzo, add that to like the veterans with Matthews and Corver, who are kind of those known quantities. And, you know, I, I hope Bud doesn't sort of just reflexively rely on the old guys, you know, at the, you know, to the detriment of the young guys all the time. Um, Connaughton didn't play on Sunday, but, um, you know, he's continued to obviously play a lot in the preseason. And, you know, again, it's with Pat, like he 
does a lot of stuff. He has sort of that Dante-ish, like, you know, like he makes some plays. He also does some things that aren't that smart, like, you know, biting on every pump fake. And, you know, he shoots tons of threes and sometimes uh, just pops him with no conscience and therefore hurts his percentage. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really... I'm really struggling to figure out like who out of that group kind of breaks out, who out of that group, um, you know, is, is trusted by Bud. I think we have, you know, we have evidence historically that obviously Bud um, believes in DiVincenzo. We have evidence historically that obviously he likes Corver because he's known him forever, has relied on him forever. I don't think Kyle's ever going to start for the Bucks, but you know, I'd be surprised if he just like DNPs 10 straight games. Um, and then obviously Matthews was signed. I think, I think it seems like that was largely on a maybe not an outright promise, but a pledge that he was going to be, you know, the favorite to start. And you know, and then you have these other guys like Sterling, you know, Pat, who obviously have have been um, have started games at times for the Bucks, and you know, we've seen them be everything from strong contributors to guys that just fell out of the rotation entirely. So um, I don't know. That's my that's my you know sort of meandering non-answer on kind of who comes out of here, but. Obviously, you know, if, if you know, the, the, I think the quick takeaway would be really glad that Dante looks like himself physically and that he's attacking and being aggressive. Still wish he would make some more three-point shots. <laughs> um, and with Sterling, I think in general, like he seems like he's playing under control. Um, you know, he's not just taking wide open three-pointers. He's actually hit some off the dribble too, which is good to see. And uh, obviously big season for him. So um, both those guys have obviously defended point guards at times. And certainly, as you mentioned, with Bledsoe out, that, that could be a skill that, that gets put to the test pretty soon. Yeah, and I, it's, I don't, you sort of said that that was your non-answer, or, but I, I don't think there is an answer right now. I, the only thing I will say is that I think we can comfortably say that Bud seems to, I mean, he's he's got trust in players, let's put it that way. And and Pat Conant and certainly is one of those guys that seems to get a bigger smile out of Bud than others. Uh, Ersan, obviously, he loves. You spoke about Kyle Korver. And Dante, right from early on last season, was a guy that Bud seemed to really trust. Uh, I like that you made the comparison with Dante and Pat because that's that's kind of what I see as well. And potentially, uh, Dante is a guy that, that brings more to the table in terms of yeah. versatility and, and right. a wider skill set than Pat. But you, you're right. They're, they're both very erratic. Uh, I think Dante being so erratic sometimes works for him and he does things. And we saw there was a game last year. I think it might have been against Utah where he didn't necessarily score, but he just did made a bunch of plays. He was diving on the floor. It was one of his first games back from the from the initial uh, heel bursitis injury and he really changed the, the whole game the Bucks were not playing well and he got the crowd going got uh brought the whole team back into it that's sort of the stuff that Dante does but when I watched him this preseason he seems like a guy that is very very close from just being that sort of impact energy guy that can you know be a positive on on both ends to being a guy that is just pretty good there's a couple of layups where he gets to the right spot. He has been super aggressive, and then he just lacked the touch on the layup. Obviously, the, the threes, you'd love to see a few more of them go down. He's certainly not shy. Uh, that's one thing he's not, but he's getting up just under five a game in the preseason at 26%. So, yeah, Dante is like very close, uh, I, I think. Whether or not he ever gets that sort of touch and that finishing touch and is able to, to sort of become an efficient offensive player, I don't know. Uh, either way, I still think 
he's a guy that is can be can be I don't want to say is but can be a, a real a plus on the floor when he's out there and for those bursts. Um, I think that Sterling Brown is more of a known commodity, and that's not to say that he hasn't got room to grow, but I think he is more of a stable presence on the floor. You know, he's a physical defender. Uh, shoots a three really well. I mean, he's a better shooter than Dante right now and, and probably Pat as well, it's fair to say. So, yeah, I, it is kind of a non-answer. But I think they've got a bunch of really good options. Uh, I just, when I look at it, when I take everything into account, obviously what we saw last year with the rotation, what we sort of project maybe Bud's favorites are, and then uh, just the, the simple minute distribution. It does feel like Sterling might be the outside guy there. Uh, but yeah, we we can see that that can also change pretty quickly through the season. We we see that Bud will ride guys that are shooting the ball well or or have a, a hot hand for a, for a stretch of games. So that can certainly change. But uh, it, it does, like I said, seem like Sterling is on on the outside there. But I, I don't know what what other takeaways have you got from these two games? It's really been, I mean, to this point, the only. No matter who's been out there, no matter what the rotation is, the only Bucks that have really tasted the bitter pill of defeat is whatever team it was that lost in the in the scrimmage the other week at, at Fiserv because the Bucks have really, uh, even when they've put the bench units in, they've really rolled along pretty well and, and, and obviously 4-0 at this point. Yeah, I'd say the uh, I'd say Friday with Giannis, the you know, I, I, getting close late was was very much just a product of you know the the Bucks kind of B slash C team not being able to keep up their end of the bargain. Certainly, I don't think any question that the kind of you know the, if that was a regular season game, um, you know, you'd say the the Bucks would have would have won that game just based on the way that the the kind of top units um, fared. Uh, Sunday, obviously, kind of a different story, but. Um, you know, Middleton played really well, uh, just hitting shots kind of from the beginning. You know, that was something that last year uh, Chris did without Giannis. Like he scored a lot and really efficiently. I think we've talked about it on this podcast. I think per 36 without Giannis on the floor, I think Chris was something like 27 points per 36 and over 60% true shooting. Like, you know, last year, Jan, or at least in the regular season, like, you know, as much as we think of Chris as obviously more of a complimentary guy and not being a guy that, you know, is like a focal point, um, especially when we talk about those bench units, uh, he can he can carry bench units for periods. And tonight, obviously, going against, you know, a, a certainly not a very good Wizards team, uh, he didn't have much problem getting off to a fast start and, um, you know, finishing 9 out of 14 for 22 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, you know, good to see Chris kind of, Hopefully, finding that rhythm. He didn't seem to be, you know, very involved on Friday, um, especially with Giannis kind of going off. Uh, he's obviously Chris, a guy that has not had great starts um, historically, um, a lot of seasons. Uh, so you hope, obviously, especially given you just uh, went 178 million dollars deep on him, that uh, that that does not carry over this season. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that that FIBA experience maybe kind of got him into the swing early. So that was kind of good to see. Um, and, you know, Ursan missed the first couple games, but uh, Ursan, uh, I don't know, Curry Asova, like he's just been just bombing away from three. He goes uh, three out of five from the 18 points um, on Sunday. Uh, he came off the bench on Friday. It's five out of seven from three, six out of 10 overall, 18 points also that night. Um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we, we obviously kind of circled the Ursan, DJ Wilson, Matt, uh, kind of 
combination is, you know, a question, right? Like, what does that mean for DJ in terms of his rotation minutes? And, you know, unfortunately for DJ, second straight year that he's going to miss, you know, I think last year he missed basically the entire preseason this year, uh, has yet to play in the preseason. Um, and, uh, you know, Urson, to his credit, you know, showing up and, uh, he's a guy that we've at times, I mean, especially early in his career too, we kind of said, well, he shoots really well from three, but he doesn't really shoot very many. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if the, you know, if, if, uh, the let it fly, maybe it took a year for it to kind of kick in, but, uh, he is, he is gunning from three here, uh, early in the season, the preseason at least. And, uh, to be clear, Ursan is way too old to have some sort of career renaissance. He's pretty much is, he's pretty much been the guy same guy year after year after year. <laughs> he's been remarkably consistent. Um, so I am not expecting a different player in terms of Ursan, but just the fact that he's looked like this at least suggests that, you know, whether he's 32 or 35 or, you know, 44 or whatever he is. Um, it doesn't seem like father time has caught up to him quite yet. And, uh, you know, as an expiring contract, who knows uh, if you might need to put him into a trade later in the season, or if you're just going to actually need him to play well, you know, in a playoff series, uh, you know, yeah. Good that Ursan is, is not looking washed or anything like that. He took is still taking charges. Um, so, you know, shout out to Ursan for, uh, for being a preseason guy and, you know, we, we talked about Bender and him putting up numbers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think we've hit on a lot of the guys. I don't know any, any other uh, players kind of uh, for positive or negative reasons that maybe jumped out over the, the course of this weekend. Yeah. I, I was, I was sort of glad you touched on Ursan because I was kind of just, I, I don't know whether this is like harsh. I don't know if this is a harsh comment, but every time Ursan was just knocking down threes, I was just laughing. I was just like, this is ridiculous. I feel like Ursan, uh, has been on the Bucks for 30 straight years and he comes back every preseason. He looks exactly the same. He doesn't look like he's aged at all. And now he's out here. And, and as you said, I think he's eight for 12 now across these two games. And uh, for, I mean, he had a great, great World Cup with Turkey. I mean, he averaged 16 points and, and 10 rebounds. Uh, Until the last game, right? The, what was it? His last game, he like missed all of his shots. But but before that, he was great. Yeah, especially against the US. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the crazy the crazy thing. His averages were 16 and 10 across three games. And that included an 0 for 9 effort uh, against the Czech Republic. So that's, that's how big his first two games are. He had 23 and 14 against the US. Uh, and then had another 19 and 10 game as well. I mean, he he was he's the leader of the the Turkish team, so he's obviously come back feeling pretty good about himself. But uh, outside of the other guys, I mean, for mine, um, yeah, I know it was probably a, a not probably it was a disappointing FIBA campaign, I guess, for Middleton and Brook, who seemed to just really struggle to find a role in the, in that Team USA squad. We know Chris Middleton's not a guy that generally will demand the ball and really take over we've seen him play really well as as uh we saw tonight against washington when he is made a focus and i I think he's proven that he's capable of that role uh, from time to time and certainly in stretches in games but but brooke lopez was just i he if even when he did play he wasn't played in the in the role that we that really earned him the the 50 million dollar contract over the summer but he's been the same same guy since coming back uh obviously letting it fly from three and and blocking shots so that's a positive not that you should really ever read anything too much into the FIBA stuff but those two guys have come back well and and look good and I think the other it it shouldn't really surprise us and maybe uh, I just have ignored this to an extent because I've always been so frustrated that he's on the opposition (laughs) and not playing for the Bucks but Kyle Korver when he has the ball in his hands uh, just watching 
I mean, you watch the opposition defense. I, I saw a, a tweet from Eric tonight uh, commenting uh, during the Washington game, commenting on his uh, passing ability. And he is a smart passer, there's no question. But also, uh, he just has three guys charge at him every single time he touches the ball, <laughs> and he just has to make a simple pass. Uh, it, it's incredible to watch that this guy, even at 38, he is such a threat that any chance of the ball coming near him and the defense just completely loses the, loses their mind. Yeah, I mean, that's what, and, and we talked about that last week, I think, um, that I think what's important about a team like the Bucks is, you know, their depth isn't so much just that, like, oh, they have all these, like, guys who are, like, super good and should start. Like, no, th- that's not the case, right? Like, I mean, their their wing rotation is a lot of guys who are probably, like, seventh or eighth men. Um, and so, you know, they're going to start a guy, likely Matthews, who probably shouldn't be a starter, right? Let's be honest, uh, especially relative to seeing Malcolm Brogdon a year ago. Um, but you kind of look just like the way all these guys have sort of been, um, you know, bred into the the bud system. And then you see guys like Corver and, and even Matthews to some extent, like we've seen him, I think, you know, do some things, run a pick and roll here and there. And again, not things I necessarily want Wes Matthews having to do <laughs> very much for this Bucks team. Um, but you know, those guys, I think they play the right way, right? And and they're veterans and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, Corver using his gravity, he's not just chucking out there. Um, and if anybody has the license to chuck, it's, you know, one of the greatest three-point shooters in NBA history like Kyle Corver. Um, but as you said, he's a guy who is, is willing to make a play for teammates. Um, you know, even some of these young guys like Dragon Bender, like, actually a pretty good passer like especially for a 7-1 guy you know Dante obviously very willing passer at times maybe trying to do a little too much as a passer even because he's like pretty unselfish um obviously not bashful with a shot either um but I think that's kind of one of those things like again we'll see how this manifests itself you know are all these guys going to be guys you want to play in crunch time of you know an East finals or an NBA finals no clearly not right I think Bucks, I think there's there's definite questions there about the depth of this team um, at sort of those like highest levels. Um, but I think like you know, yeah, preseason against the Mavericks and Wizards, like it's it works pretty well. Um, regular season against you know most teams, um, you know, are the Bucks going to be able to you know manage kind of some injuries to random guys? Are they going to be able to you know hold leads even when? Uh, you know, some of their good players are resting. Like, I, I think they will. I mean, we saw that last year. Um, so I think it's mainly, though, it's it's just fun to watch. You know, I think it's just, this is just a fun team to watch. I think they, you know, again, it's a cliche to say they play the right way. Um, certainly means means different things now versus, you know, when probably we started watching basketball. Some of you know, just teams, the, the, the shot selection and, and three-pointers and stuff like that is, is you know, definitely way different than, than when we were necessarily first watching as kids. Um, but again, like you can tell, like there's, you know, the, the ball, ball finds energy, you know, guys, guys are willing to pass. Uh, you know, we, we even see, you know, Thanasis at Nedekumbo of all people, like making some like decent passes where it's just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, maybe, maybe everybody can, can be made to look a little bit better, uh, playing, playing in this system. So that's it for another episode of Locked on Bucks. Thank you to all for listening. A reminder that today's episode was brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure Wenswear brand. 
Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at the checkout. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more Bucks basketball. Remember, one more preseason game that's going to be on Thursday night at 7 p.m. tip-off as we get ready for next season's opening game against the Houston Rockets. We'll talk to you tomorrow.